Walk downtown in Seattle and you're likely to come across this. Oh, sorry, I mean this. It's technically an Amazon office, but really it's a gaudy showpiece. Look at us, we're Amazon. We built a rainforest smack dab in the middle of Seattle and encased it in silver balls because we can. It's the kind of thing that seems like a good idea right after you've drained your blood boy, but that you later regret. Next thing you know, you have to build a stand right by your giant balls and give away free fruit all day as an apology. We're sorry for what we've done. Have as many bananas as you'd like. Seattle's obscene wealth has turned the real estate market here into a brutal free-for-all. Just ask these people. The like sprint to find permanent housing here, whether you're buying or renting, is insane. And to actually buy a place is feels out of the realm of possibility unless you're a millionaire. It just seems like it keeps getting worse and worse. The inventory is pretty tight. I didn't it's hard to find really good stuff. I think renting was easier. I was kind of shocked at how expensive everything is and how competitive the market is. The Seattle housing scene in one word, um, crazy. <laughs> I'd say it's a gauntlet. Cutthroat. Mm, trouble. To learn about the latest in Seattle real estate and the art of selling a home here, I went straight to the top. Let's roll. <laughs> I paid a visit to my old friend, Glenn Kelman the CEO of Redfin. I should warn you that almost no one is willing to get in the car with me while I'm driving. <laughs> it's um, too late now. <laughs> and, and if at any point you need to grab the wheel to save us from death, How I won't resent it. How do you feel about the, the yoke? It's terrible. Yeah. It's Elon Musk <laughs> just being opinionated to be opinionated yeah. without actually being better. I have this theory, by the way, I think about when people can stand up to CEOs all the time because I worry that people can't stand up to me. And for me, the signal version of that is Jar Jar Binks, where clearly no one could tell George Lucas what a racist disaster Jar Jar was because he was surrounded by 100, like 18 layers of psychophants. Yeah. I think no one could tell Elon this is an accident waiting to happen, this steering wheel. And I can't figure out what mistakes Redfin is making that no one has the courage to tell me about. I used Redfin back in... Uh, hey, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? Yeah, I told... No, I, you did know. You, no, you did. I store that shit. <laughs> I shouldn't have said the S word, but... No, you can't. The, uh, no, you did, because I had gotten to know you, and I was like, oh, fine, I'll give this Redfin thing a try then. Uh, and, I feel like you dated me when I was a teenager yeah. and had braces. It's so much better now. So technology is supposed to make industries more efficient. With real estate, we just found the perfect foil where you have an agent who isn't always acting in the customer's best interest, but also charging a high price. And so we thought that by using technology, we could make the agent more efficient. We're on our way to see a home that Redfin bought, refurbished, and then sold for a profit. Buying and flipping homes like this is a huge risk for the company. Just ask Zillow. 
If housing prices go down, Redfin might get stuck with money-losing inventory. Glenn's belief is that Redfin can use its technology and experience to lower the risks. It analyzes thousands of data points to monitor quick-changing trends in housing markets across the country. A mix of machine learning algorithms and computer vision tell Redfin where to buy homes and what quick fixes will result in the best returns. First of all, there's just the fundamental problem of trying to figure out what a home is worth and the reason that you need machine learning algorithms rather than standard computer science is because a basement is very valuable in Seattle whereas a pool is valuable in Atlanta. It is constantly reevaluating what factors right. matter the most. And so one of them is a pricing algorithm and then another one is about renovations and computer vision and trying to assess the quality of the property based on photos. Oh, okay. The little house here used to look like this. Cozy, but not exactly Seattle's finest, unless you're into smoke-tinged yellowing walls. Redfin has revamped the place in the hopes of kicking its price higher. And Heather here is one of Redfin's chief revampers. This isn't necessarily someone's individual personality. You know, we're just trying to position the house so people can see right. what the potential is. She's promised me some top tips. So we want to keep it kind of neutral. Are there any other like just tiny details that people wouldn't think of, like the kind of faucet? I think or... anything that you touch, right? So like that's why we want to put in new plumbing fixtures or we want to make sure like there's new knobs because I think that people, that makes it, you know, feel like it's a good experience. Okay. Yeah, now that makes sense. The simplest thing that has the highest ROI is just update the kitchen without replacing it. Okay. Paint is just transformative, yeah. so okay. paint your whole house yeah. and keep it neutral. Makes sense. Make sure your flooring is consistent. This might seem like normal renovation stuff, but it's all pulled from Redfin's algorithms. We're doing 5,000 sales a year and we're capturing data about what works and doesn't. And the simplest lesson is to not overdo it. When we have lost our shirt, it's almost always doing too much, not too little. How many times did you screw it up before you guys, you know, is this, you is this as if we stopped <laughs> screwing it up? The promise of Redfin has long centered on lowering commission rates and trying to modernize real estate and some of its dubious practices. Redfin, however, has faced recent criticism and even been sued for offering better services to affluent customers. Glenn says he takes these critiques to heart and he promises that he's more than some rich guy capitalizing off a crazed real estate market. People pay 60 to $80 billion in real estate commissions, and no one would ever pay that if you actually had to dig out your wallet and hand a real estate agent thirty dollars or $40,000. Yeah. So technology is supposed to make industries more efficient. The second part of it is more about social justice that still Lenders who decide that someone who is Latino or black is less likely to be able to afford a home and even if they got the same income. Like, why would your agents be less um, inclined to do those sorts of things than others historically? You can't control any human being um, in every way, but we no, can certainly not. say that when you list a home, you need to make sure that everybody can see that it's for sale instead of just posting it on Facebook. 
uh, which has become especially popular in Silicon Valley. You give people fair housing training. So I'm not trying to get on my high horse on this one <laughs> and say that we're the end all and be all of fair housing. But the way that housing has been working over the past 50 years can't be the way it works over the next 50. Okay, so you've been in Seattle now for a while. And I know you don't want to badmouth the home team, but you were... You, I love Seattle. But you felt like Vancouver's kind of where the action is, or...? Yeah, well, it's almost a tale of two cities because, first of all, Vancouver just has different zoning than Seattle. So when you go there, you'll see it sometimes feels like Hong Kong. It's very dense and bustling in Seattle has begun to address that. Um, but for a long time, what really shaped the Seattle skyline was this rumor among developers that Jeff Bezos didn't like buildings that were taller than eight or 12 stories. The windows had to open and it had to be tall enough or low enough that you could take the stairs. And now the second part is that Canada is outranking the United States as a destination for international tech talent. That you have all these foreign students who believe in the Canadian dream instead of the American dream. And I think it's really becoming this tech center. Some of it's urban planning and some of it's immigration policy. Yeah, but you're, gonna, you're hanging tight in Seattle. When you actually think about turning in your American passport, yeah and becoming Canadian, and pumping your gas in liters. <laughs> it's still a step. Yeah. No trip to Seattle is really complete without some time on the water. If you're lucky enough, you can find a nerdy sea captain who will take you out with his crew. Nathan here used to work with the other Nathan at Intellectual Ventures. Then he started a company called Chimeta that made crazy antennas. And now he started another company named Rendered AI. It makes something called synthetic data. How are you making the first image of this fake X-ray? I mean, this, Literally, this is... you can build 3D models you know, in Blender or other tools and then simulate them using that. And this would just be to make many, many, many X-ray images that then get fed into a machine learning system so to see what it can you, spot? You go through the airport, right? Yeah. They, of course, scan your baggage. Um, and that's going through an AI, of course. You know how they train that AI? They literally have people pack bags and pass them through that so they can be like, that's a knife, that's a banana. That is done by hand today. Okay. <laughs> so as you can see, that has some gaps. So they just have people spending thousands of hours passing things through. They do. Okay. Modern machine learning AI needs to go through a process called training, where it's fed tons of data in order to learn how to do a task. Redfin, for example, feeds its algorithms data about real estate. But unlike Redfin, not every company has tons of information at its disposal to train its machine learning algorithms. So what Rendered AI does is manufacture data out of thin air. It then feeds AI algorithms with this information to teach them how to perform certain tasks. These are all synthetically are all created yeah. bags. 
this is like add a add a phone and yeah. add a lipstick. Like yeah. you don't just simulate the X-ray simulation, right? You can simulate the packing itself. You can simulate the folding of clothes. So we have we have a lot of different simulations on the platform. So we do satellite imagery. Uh, we've done infrared imagery. Uh, we've done security cameras. Uh, we've actually done microscopy and studied oocytes and human reproduction. So you're making like fake cells. Well, yeah, like like fake embryos. Okay. Literally. Sometimes you want to run tests to see if the AI behind an expensive piece of technology will even work. For example, startups are rushing to send satellites into orbit that photograph the Earth in different ways. They're packed full of expensive, often experimental sensors. Rendered AI can help gauge if these sensors will do the job they're supposed to before you pay to build and launch the satellites. You could imagine questions like, hey, I want to detect forest fires, right? Okay, I've got visible cameras in space. How much sooner can I detect a forest fire if I was detecting an AR? So you guys could sort of like simulate what forest fires would look like from space and do that millions of times. And then maybe we start to see that like these patterns exactly. kind of emerge before one breaks out. Exactly. What Nathan is talking about is a weird concept. The AIs need information to become good at their job, and they're now being fed by other AI systems. Soon he imagines AIs training the AIs that train the AIs. I mean, what we're doing with synthetic data is, is about not just training the AI, but training the tools that allow us to do this world building and procedural generation. And it does feed on itself. And absolutely, like that's gonna lead to all sorts of crazy and unexpected, uh, unexpected things. Although I will say, I'd start by being able to like successfully detect cars. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it'll be really good yeah. if we can do that really well. Everybody ready to attack? Yep. All right, coming about. Perhaps there's a divine entity up there with a giant computer simulating all of this. If so, well done, Supreme Being. But for the moment, I'm going to assume this is real, and I'm going to revel in it. Next up on Hello World, I head to Canada to pound some maple syrup. It's pure. And visit a not-so-paranoid android. Mm -hmm.